called the Mary Wallopers, who sold out the Glasgow Barrel and Ballroom. Congratulations to those guys. What a night it was. This is You Call That Radio, the audio podcast, and this is Slug, one of hip-hop's most thoughtful and imaginative writers, as part of the group Atmosphere. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. No, 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 cut, cut, cut. Um, thank you for uh, doing you call that radio. Uh, we are a, a Scottish-based podcast. We run events and stuff as well. And, you know, it's not all hip-hop we do, but I'm a massive hip-hop fan, so we've had some, you know, I think some people that you've collaborated with in the past as well on here. And um, it's just great to finally get you on here, man. So thank you very much. Uh, just listening to the new album is fantastic. Wh- where would you... I would say it's arguably your best work. Yeah, because a lot of atmosphere st- stuff for me is takes a few listens to really get into it, uh, such as the, the density of the lyrics. But I think this might be your best thing yet. And where would you place it in your back catalogue? Whoa. That's like asking me, you know, which one of your kids is your favorite kid. It's like, I love all of them. And I'm supposed to love them equally if I'm going to be a good dad, right? So I, I don't know... I don't know if I can rate this in my catalog. Whenever I make a new album, it's always my favorite one. Kind of like when you make a new kid, the baby is the baby. It's your favorite baby. And um, in time, you start to let the album unfold to you and you start to see some of the errors or some of the things you could have done better. But in the moment, I feel like this work is the best thing that Anthony and I could make right now you know and and that's kind of how i like to look at stuff it's like did i push myself to make the best thing i could make right now i won't know how it sits in the back catalog for some time i gotta wait and see how people hear it how people accept it how people translate it i have to wait and see if 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 people understood what i was trying to say the way i was trying to say it or if people understood what anthony was trying to communicate but personally, between him and I, I know that we both feel very fond of this album. We are both, we both feel like, hey, we we definitely presented the best thing we could present to show you what the last three years of our life felt like. Absolutely, man. And is uh, and are you excited about the tour? And uh, you're is that, you're doing a Europe tour? No, Scotland, sadly. No, sadly, we were we were hoping to to go to Glasgow, but. Uh, Specifically because, I mean, it's always fun to play there, but there's a record store there that I like to go to. And, and so I'm kind of kicking myself in the in the butt that I wasn't a little bit more adamant about making sure I got to go to every single record store on the planet that I love going to. I wish that it, I, I wish it was that easy. I wish I could just be like, hey, these are the cities I want to go to. Make it happen. <laughs> wait, wait, what's the record store? Oh, God. I'd ha- uh, you know what? I could tell you, actually. Watch this shit. Yeah. I, I know. I know. Um. It's okay to give them a shout out on. Yeah, of course, mate. Of course. All right, let's see. I keep a document here. I think there's, I think there's friendly rivalry between the record stores, but nothing more than that. All right. It's called uh, Mixed Up, Mixed Up Records in Glasgow. Amazing man. Shows to mixed up. And so it- it's not it's not huge. It's a small one. Uh, I believe it's two rooms, maybe just one room, and. But it's it's dense. It's a lot of uh, density, and that's kind of what I like with record stores. I don't want to have too much to look at, but I want everything to be right here so I can just easily uh, kind of like not have to move around a lot, but go, oh, I'm going to go through two rows of this. Two, you know, and, and I think what it does, a lot of you know, record stores nowadays, are, they're a different beast than they were when I was a kid. Um, but now... I like to see how you, how the how the owner or the operator curates it because that's what they're really doing is they're curating it. They got the discog stuff in the back room that they sell online, but this is what they have up front to try to get you to come in. That store is pretty cool. I have a tendency to talk too much, and so at any that's great. No, you, the safe the safe word is penguin. Just say penguin. <laughs> okay, penguin. And I'll know to I'll know to shut up right away. Yeah, no, I said I've got I've got that tendency myself. But I, I had a great guest on last night, uh, Gary Fraser, who's a uh, he was assistant director for Train Spotting Two, and he was brilliant because he just he just, I just said a question and he did his thing. So I think it's better for us both. People are will be tuned in to hear what you think. So that's absolutely fine. 
Uh, the tour, just shout out the tour, it's um, May the 11th in London, and then you're going to Amsterdam, uh, Cologne, Paris, Berlin, Copenhagen, Stockholm, and Oslo. So, some great places there, man. Has it been a while since you've been on, since you've been to Europe, and are you looking forward to it? Yeah, 2019 was the last time we were there, and, um, you know, none of us knew that we were going to have to take such a break from coming at that point, but, uh, but it's I'm 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 excited to get back because I got to be honest there was a there was a time where we wondered if we would ever be allowed to come back we didn't you know just like everybody nobody really knew what was going on during 2020 and uh and and so I'm 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 happy I'm grateful I feel fortunate to be able to 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 cross the cross the ocean to play some shows and where what was the time frame for uh, writing the new record was uh, indirectly or directly inspired by what what the what was going on in the world? It it definitely was inspired by the lockdown in a, in a major way. Um, we started the first song, which is track one on the record. It's a song called OK. That was the first song that we had made for this record. Anthony had that beat already kind of waiting to give me when he felt like the time was right. And when I said, hey, let's start another project, he was like, hey, I, I have a beat that I would like you to try and and see it's kind of optimistic uh it kind of had a, a specific kind of vibe to it and so he gave me that and i made the song okay um and that was you know because of where everything was with 2020 and all of the different pieces um that song felt like you know what we are starting a record and and, and from that point and that was uh i think august August of 2020, he gave me the beat. And then September of 2020, I gave him back a song. And then he gave me another beat. And that's when we decided, hey, what if we were to make the whole album in sequential order? So right now, this beat, you're giving me the second one. We are going to approach this as if this is the song that follows the last song. And uh, it's the first time we'd ever really worked with that type of a ceiling. And it was pretty interesting. It, it really made for... Um, a lot of dynamic moments just creatively amongst ourselves. I don't know if anybody else will ever hear that, but it, it, amongst ourselves, trying to figure out how to crack this code and put this puzzle together was a lot of fun. And I think it probably infected the way that we do this now. I have a feeling because we've already started another project and, and we're already doing the same thing where we're going, you know, what kind of code can we force ourselves to crack? Well, for starters, we have to go back to doing this sequentially because that's the way now you know what I mean? it's 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 interesting how that happens like that is incredible i never never even heard of it that way um but i can imagine you know as a writer myself that is that's an interesting way to go because you know how you, you can actually you're actually putting yourself in the position of the listener as well because you know what happened the last song and what's coming up next so that's amazing how, how does the creativity um how do you uh, find the creativity or maybe a better question is how does the creativity find you um, you know, for me, uh, oftentimes it's, um, it's, it's reached a space now where I won't say I force it, but I sit down and I do it. I find the time, the windows to sit down and do it. And when I do it, it just is, um, it's not like a, it's not like a light switch that you turn on and off. It's more like a, uh, you're clocking in for work almost only my work is to sit around and just come up with ideas, think of words that rhyme together to express those ideas, you know? So um, but I, I, I don't think I actually put, I don't, I don't ever, I don't know that I, I would say that I go out to find it. It's like Anthony gives me a beat and I listen to it. I play it, I play it out loud. I play it in headphones. I hear it and wait and see what does it say to what kind of song is this supposed to be? Is this supposed to be a story? And if it is, what kind of story is this supposed to be a bunch of dad jokes strung together? You know, like what, what is it telling me? You know, because his music. It, it speaks to me. Uh, there's color there. There's there's ideas. Like when he gives me a beat and I hear sarcasm in the music, that will affect what I decide to, to offer. When I hear a beat and it's very dark, that will affect what I decide to offer. Um, And that's, that's, you know, that's the best way, I guess, to describe the creative process for me. So it's not like I'm forcing it. I'm not finding it. It's not finding me. It's just like I sit down and start looking for words to go with whatever it was he gave me. And in that way, I'm really, I'm really lucky that I have a partner in crime who creates the way he creates and gives me these types of things to look at because I, I guess in a, in a way, 
almost everything that I do is inspired by Anthony. Absolutely. Just going back to the dad joke thing you were saying, which I always find quite interesting is, what is the difference between a bad pun, a dad joke, and like a really killer line? Because a lot of the time, you know, when you see like, um, you know, when, um, you know, I don't know if you've you got them over there as well, but there would be a battle rap where it's bad lines and the joke is to try and deliberately do bad lines. And you're going, that was fire. And is it, is it, is it a delivery thing? Or is it a confidence thing? What, what separates a good pun from a bad pun, I suppose is the question. You know, I don't think there is such a thing. I think all puns are equal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, some some of them might be more clever than others, but I don't think that that's the important part of the pun. I think that the important part of the pun is the connection it makes with the listener. Uh, and, and and for that matter, I do think that's that's basically the backbone of comedy. And period. It's like you have to connect with a listener. If you tell jokes that people aren't getting, then who are you telling that joke to? You know what I'm saying? Of I, I do feel like dad joke, oddly, I probably would have given you a different answer to this question a decade ago. But now I think all of, I don't think there's a difference between a pun and a dad joke. I think it's kind of like dad joke is almost the genre and, and puns fall underneath that genre. So it's like the pun is kind of like the subgenre of the dad joke, you know, and dad joke doesn't really have anything to do with dads. I don't think, I think it's just the, it's just the title we gave it so that we knew where to put it in the record store. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, file that <laughs> dad joke. And then once you get over to dad jokes, you realize there's all kinds of, there's bebop jazz, there's free jazz, there's there's soul jazz. There's a lot of different jazz here. But dad joke is the, is the old <laughs> is jazz. You know what I mean? Also, I think there's definitely an ageist element there as well because I don't remember any of my lines being referred to as dad jokes until mid-30s. Do you know what I mean? So I say, uh, you've, got to, you've got to hit your mid-30s, I think, for anyone to accuse you of having a dad joke uh, but is there any lines that you would is it is there any times you you write a line you would go nah i can't use that because it's uh it's too corny or it's too because i mean is there any time you would just say nah i can't use that or or maybe another way to look at it is, is there a line that you maybe you you've got a lot of time for you love the line but you just can't find a way to fit it into any of your material so far all of the above. I, I'm sure all of that has happened even within the last week. You know, it's like you come on things, nothing that I can think of and quote, but you come upon things and you're like, ah, that's that's funny. But if I said that, that would really offend my friend. I better not say that. Or, <laughs> or ah, you know, it, I got to be careful, especially me, man. I learned a hard lesson uh, a while ago, man, early in my career that um, I really don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. I, I, I can't, I don't want to use my pen as a, as a weapon to expose or hurt anybody except myself, you know? And so I do take care now, you know, cause I, I hurt somebody's feelings who was really close to me and it wasn't like I was intending to, I was just speaking my truth. And in the course of doing so realized, wow, you know, because of the platform speaking your truth can, 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 can mean different things to different people, you know? And so now I am, I take care to make sure that if I am, um, if I am being, if I am offending a thing, nobody in specific, it's not about somebody specifically. It's more of a, a statement about humanity, you know? And what I find interesting there is now that I've gone far out of my way to never um, hurt nobody, you still see people catch feelings over the things that you say. And I, and I always find that to be interesting because it's always somebody who, it's the last person that was on my mind when I said that. But if you felt that that way, what does that say about you? You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's a, it's a, it's a writing is great, especially when you can get the, the instant gratification of seeing if people hate what you wrote or liked what you wrote. You know, it's like, you know, I feel bad for these writers who, who were gone before people realized how much of a treasure they were because they may have never gotten that instant gratification. That really is, a, it's kind of a head fuck, you know what I'm saying? To, to have, people on the, in the comments on some, you know, social media platform dissecting something that you spent time creating, you know, it's a, it's a very interesting thing. I have no idea if that answered your question. No, no that was a great answer, man. <laughs> great, great answer. Um, no penguins needed, mate. I loved it. Um, yeah, the, with regards to instant gratification, so, because you're, you're sort of, you're describing it as, you're sort of, you're turning up for work, you're getting your pen. Do you, how many? How often do you have those moments where you're like, "Yes, 
you know, where you're, I mean, you laugh out loud at your own line or you're just like, this is dope. Or are you, are you, or when you're at work, do, do you have fun while you're at work? What I, was, I, lo- I have so much fun at work, you know, I don't, I would have to film myself to know if I actually laughed out loud or if it was in my head uh, or, or, or to see what my actual physical reaction is to doing something that I'm proud of in real time. Because I have a feeling like when I try to picture what that footage looks like, I feel like I'm probably pretty deadpan for like eight hours. And you're punching the air and going Eureka. Yeah, no, no, I, I don't think I don't think I am until I show it to Anthony. Yeah, and then once I show it to him, if he responds to it the way I hope he responds, then I probably punch the air. Then I'm like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, uh, and so I, I and that and that again speaks to the gratification side of it. If that makes any sense? You know, it's like um, it's like when I I liked what I did because I kept it and I even took the time to show somebody. So somewhere in there, there was that moment of pride or resolve. Like you figured out, you cracked the code, you did it, you made the song, you feel good about it because it's reaching it to the next level where you're showing another person. And, and so I'm sure it's there. I just don't know if you would be able to see an appearance of it physically, you know what I mean? Or, or, or if you would see the lights come on, I'm not sure what that looks like. And that's interesting. I should, I should, I should hide a camera from myself. Yeah, you, and, and and film myself, you know, just you, to... You hide it in a way so that you didn't know it was there. Because obviously... If you well, no. There, I after a while, we forget. I think you'd forget, yeah. And, yeah. and honestly, then when you finish a song, maybe you just, you know, hit uh hit hit, hit something to, to set a time on that so you can go back and look at that particular area to see, okay, was there any moment in there besides the push of the button where I could see that I had connected? You know what I mean? Like, this, I, I find this of interest and you can speed it up. You can speed it up, and you've got a music video, a low-budget music video right there. <laughs> yeah, man. It's all content. Content is king. <laughs> With regards to music videos, um, obviously you've got you've got loads of legendary ones there. Uh, is that how how involved in the the music video process are you, or do you do you just bring in people that you trust? Um, it's I've I've tried lots of different things, and so I've 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 been a part of music videos where I just kind of was directed and told what to do um i've had music videos where i've i've developed the treatment and brought the idea to the table and just found somebody who would create it you know what i mean um and then i've had plenty more mostly where you know we pick a director for one reason or another we think can pull off this song or this idea or has a great treatment and then and then i i collaborate with them me and anthony collaborate with them to to come up with stuff or you know so sometimes you know you you start filming and then you ideas continue to happen on the fly that's that's when you're really low budget you just kind of go oh grab that put that in here you know what i mean it's like and so i I, i've i've made visuals under all types of different just in varying ways so varying degrees of my own participation is there any way that that way could inform the single that's getting picked or how how do you decide what singles are going to be off this new album you know back in the day um, me and Anthony would tell the label, we want you to do this one, this one, this one. We think it's this. And then they would respond and say, well, we think it's this one and this one and this one. And then you would find compromise. And, you know, what you want, which is where I'm at now, um, nowadays, these last few projects, is I just, I give the album to the label and I go, I believe in all of these songs. So any song that you want us to make a video for, you let me know. And even nowadays, I will even turn to the label and be like, if you hear a song that you think should be a, a focus track or a video, just put it together, man. Call me and tell me where to go and, and what to do, you know? And, and, if, and if they say, oh, we, you know, we want okay to be a single, um, that was one where I was like, oh, I have an idea for a video. Uh, okay, we want bigger pictures to be a video, they said. That was one where I was like, I... I don't even know what to do with that because that song is so close to me and so transparent that I think maybe I stand too close to it to really have a good idea of what that should look like. You know what I mean? It's like, otherwise, if you let me do it, I'm either going to do, I'm going to overdo it or I'm going to underdo it. So you guys figure out what you want to do with that. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that song. I was listening to that earlier on today and uh, the last line on it, I can't remember of it exactly what it is, but the... The, the pixels or the, the sorry, do you remember off the top of your head the last line? Of Bigger Pictures? Yeah. That was uh, when I was 51? Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, just I, I thought absolutely amazing, man. I, ro- I really enjoyed that album. Um, well, what I actually before I forget, I was actually I told my friend knew the I told her that you were going to be on the show. Obviously, we were going to do it live, and we were pre-recording it. So they would have been in the comments, but they did message me. And before um, my mate Sean Sean McHugh, he says, um, "Have you ever thought of releasing an autobiography?" I have not really seriously considered that. You know, I've um, I've written things down and I've journaled things here and there, and it just is a lot of. Um, it's an interesting thing because it's all it's a lot of you look at what you wrote and because it comes through your lens your perspective your life and then it's your your hand writing it it's kind of biased and I feel like you know oh man Anthony said this to me one time he said you know the for, for instance biopics the, the the movies about like a, a ray charles or he's like you never want to watch one when that person is still alive because that means that they had a hand in helping create it which means that what you're watching is not the right story you're watching it through the lens of their ego and i'm not i'm not using the word ego to destroy it it's uh, i'm not using that as an insult but it's just the truth we could we could definitely we, we wouldn't do it but we could definitely name some films who who did that, and I suppose, and the only way you're going to get the rights to the film is if someone's okayed it and stuff like that. Yeah, but I know exactly what you mean. Sorry, continue. I was interrupting you there. Oh, no, no, you're good, but you get it. I mean, I think that that's the problem with an autobiography as well, um, is that if you're not, like, really the most grounded and humble human being in the world, there's a chance that that autobiography is not going to really reflect your life story. It's, it's going to reflect the life of the person who lived it, and they're telling it with just one lens, you know? And so it's like, I feel like you had the least have to have another person write it for you. Like, so I could tell my story to somebody and let them write it. But once you get into the weeds of that, I don't know that I am that important. I don't know that I have reached a space where I want to make somebody sit down for eight months and hang out with me and let me tell them stories about my past. That's just a lot of work and a lot of and, 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 you know, and, and so I just, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Now, if I take a hard left turn and start writing movies, and then I have this whole other trajectory in my life and career where I suddenly do something else to add to the story, maybe that would um, help me think that uh, an autobiography would be a good idea. I don't know. But as, as it stands now, I, I, I prefer to just kind of like tell my story through my songs and through moments like this where I get to talk to you because it's kind of like um, I'm able to squeeze in parts of me just in this dialogue that you might not hear in the records, uh, certain aspects of, of what kind of person I am or how I deduce or how, I, you know, the type of mathematics that I do in my head. There's a lot of that that doesn't make it into the song because the songs are full of ceilings. The songs are full of codes that have to be cracked, whereas right now, just kind of freestyling and talking to you, I'm able to squeeze some of that personality in there. And that's my autobiography, you know, honestly, especially now where there's so much digital content online that you can go and search anybody who has a platform and learn so much about them just via their interviews, their their music or their movies or whatever they make. And then what everybody has to say about them. You know, it's like they're, 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 the autobiography is out there. It's just been digitized and fragmented and 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 you know and 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 the and the onus is on you to go out and dig it out. You know? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I've been watching. I used to watch a lot of wrestling when I was younger, and then as I got older, I stopped watching it. But I I've really enjoyed watching interviews in the last year or two of like old wrestlers shooting on other old wrestlers, and that's like <laughs> a whole new thing. So I've not really watched wrestling, but just hearing. Oh, I remember that when I was you know how they interact with each other. One of the wrestlers calling the other wrestler a liar. And then you you look up the other guy and see his side of the story, and it, it is a whole new interesting thing. Is is there a? It, I suppose it happens in hip hop as well, where you're like, you know, I mean, I don't know if you you've got any beefs or you had any beefs in the past, but do you do you ever um does does that interest you at all? Nah, man, nothing that ever. All of my beefs forever, I think, were always based on, um, me being defensive, if that makes any sense. Even from the very beginning, when I first got in a battle uh, in my city, um, you know, it's a competitive thing. 
And sometimes you would battle and it would be fine. But sometimes you would battle and there would be actual feelings involved and there would be beef. And I always felt like I was on the defensive. I never felt like I was necessarily on the offense. And I'm probably wrong. There's probably times where I was on the offensive, but because of insecurity or what have you, felt like I was on the defensive. But either way, that kind of carried into my career as an artist. And and so, you know, any beefs that I ever really had, I, I never really, um, I never made theater out of it. I never made it a public it was always more like a but on the phone kind of a situation. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I never, I don't think I ever really went after any other real rapper on record. Anytime I was dissing another rapper on on one of our records, it was that invisible fake rapper that us rappers used to Um, but but in 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 real world terms, like anytime that there was ever any sort of soreness or 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 feelings of negativity with another artist. It was always a phone thing. It was always something that you handled on the phone or in person, not not in the theater in front of everybody. But I know what you mean about wrestling and the theater of that. I don't know if that would, I don't know how that works in rap. You know, I, I've seen major artists beef with each other on record, and I'm led to believe that if they seen each other, you know, at the museum or whatever it is that famous <laughs> rappers do, uh, would they fight? I don't know. I'm supposed to think that they would. I'm supposed to think that, uh, like, for example, um, Pusha T and Drake, I'm supposed to believe that if they saw each other, that it's that that, that it's on. You know, now is that really is that true? Because kind of like as a kid, I believed that about wrestling as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I believe that if I saw them together, it was on. Why? Because that's what they showed me. They would show them fight in a ring. They'd show them fight next to the ring. You know, in rap, I feel like it's not just theater. I feel like um, there's more to it than theater, which is why even on a small scale, I handled it on the phone. On the big scale, when you do put it into the music and the videos and make theater out of it, it feels like that just ups the ante on making this even more serious. And so it's not like wrestling. You know what I mean? It's not, it's, it's, it's like, at least in my head as a fan of rap, as a kid that loved rap, it, it, I don't see it as, as wrestling. I suppose the only, the difference would be there's art that, I think most people are sorting out via phone or, or personal uh, situations. If someone's on a record, then it's probably there's been a phone call to say, "You're getting bammed up." I don't know if you know that phrase, "bammed up." But we're going to we're going to diss you, um, and you can diss us back, and we're going to sell some records off the back of it. Because it certainly seems to be a lot of that more in the kind of mainstream side of but I do think in the back in the day that it was like that, but nowadays I don't I don't think that. I think I think because the artists the the, the fans expect you to hate each other, and so if it gets exposed somehow that you don't hate each other then we're gonna we're gonna lose some of our belief in you you know i think with wrestling it was different because we were nine-year-olds and so <laughs> it didn't matter but but but, but in, in this it's like you have you know people in their 40s watching the beef and excited about who's gonna win this and and hoping nobody gets hurt there's always that you always go oh man i hope nobody gets hurt why would you even have to think that you know what i mean like yeah. that's such a it's such an interesting space, you know, because it does just come from competition. It comes from, hey, I'm cooler than you. I, I'm better at this than you. Uh, and it really, when you break that down, is a, a part of um, when you feel like when you feel like that, like like you're struggling or like you're you're feeling small or uh, you're depressed or what have you. Um, sometimes we try to over accentuate what we are like a pit like a like a like a tattoos and and, and jewelry and and and, and a, like a peacock to let the world know i'm not small i'm not small and so the battle culture to me has always kind of in a, in a weird way been that because when we step forth to battle immediately i'm gonna oh i'm gonna accentuate what i really am and how i really feel and the smaller i feel the harder i'm gonna go to make sure that i can make you feel smaller than me and and so in in, in that culture you know we're building something out of nothing like 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 i mean let's, let's keep it real you know when when even hip-hop began in the bronx with black and brown people you're talking about a group of people who'd been oppressed in this country for a really long time and from that oppression and from that from that uh, uh, lack of, of resources and, and all the inequities, you know, something was created out of nothing. 
And so I do think that's still pervasive in this whole culture. And, and, and so when I see the battle rap of today, even though it's not so obvious, you still know these people are over accentuating to, 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 to deal with the, to deal with the fact that they gotta, they gotta be bigger than another person. They gotta, they gotta, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a giant mating ritual. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask, how do you compare um, the, the battle rap of today compared to, you know, say uh, the nineties or, or 2000s? I mean, like anything, man, back in the day, um, battling in the in the late eighties, in the nineties, uh, in the two thousands, it's like math. You know, back in the day when you were young, you had you, this is how you counted. Nowadays, it's like you're doing calculus. Like like battle rap now is like such a advanced hybrid of what we used to do. You know that it's like it's hard to compare it because it's a different math. It's a it's a different kind of math. It's a advanced math. I watch it because it's super fun to watch, but I have to watch it with a different mind state from what I used to watch back in the 90s. You know what I'm saying? It's like I have different expectations now. Now I'm looking for the theater. Now I'm looking for the the, the punchlines. In the 90s, I was looking for your ability to freestyle things that I'd never heard anybody put together. You know, we weren't... There, there were certain rappers in the 90s that helped bridge from where it was back then to where it is now. But back then... You just didn't want to lose the beat. You had to be freestyling. You, you had to be improving off the top of your head, trying to say these things about the person standing right there in front of you. So you would use what you saw, their hair, their shoes, you know what I'm saying? Uh, their, 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 their stupid pants, whatever it is you would use. Now it's like you do, you're doing research. I'm bit, you know what I'm saying? You have like, you know, you got weeks and weeks to Google everything you can and then to come up with jokes about them that rhyme. That's a lot of work, man. Like it didn't used to be like that. I used to battle somebody just, I didn't know I was going to battle you until 30 seconds ago. You know what I'm saying? So I have, I have no research. I have to base it on this. I might have a couple of good jokes that, that are, you know, that, that, that are, that are broad enough that they could fit anybody just waiting to pop out on somebody. But, but it wasn't, it wasn't like now, now it's very, these, these guys doing it right now, these girls doing it right now. I, I, I can't even imagine how much work that is, you know, and specifically like, so you're, you're, you're a battle rapper and you're putting all that effort into that, but you also make records and you're putting effort into that. And you also, you, you do shows and you're also a a parent, like that's a lot of work. Like I don't even know where you find the time, and the pressure as well. I suppose if you're, if you are, and if you, the music, I mean, the idea of choking in one of these big, um, these big platforms nowadays must be terrifying, as well. So it's taking, and it's interesting because obviously when there's there's not that many good freestylers out out these days in in the UK. There's a, there's a few that I could I could show. Gasp is is great in Scotland as well, and a few others, but. It is more entertaining if people have pre-written and practiced it and, you know, made, you know, did their research and they've got a lot. But you need to be a little bit, it's a bit niche because you, sometimes the jokes go over your head unless you're really in the community. Um, but yeah, the, obviously, if so, I'd rather see two pre-written pre battle raps and two terrible freestylers. But yeah, but also our ears have, just like the genre has evolved, our ears have have evolved. You know, if you would have in 1992 heard two battle rappers from the future come back 30 years, you wouldn't even know how to hear it. You know what I mean? It's like because it's like our ears are evolved. Just like now, if you heard two people battling in 1992, it would sound childish. You, you wouldn't, you know, because our ears have evolved beyond that, you know. But yeah, I totally get what you're saying. You know, I have well, a friend named Idea. I was just about to say that. Two, two, three, was that, that that freestyle with you and Idea um, is one of the... I've played that a million times. It's one of the greatest things I've seen in freestyle culture. He was one of the ones that um, kind of, you know, there's there's a handful, so I wouldn't say he's the only, but he is definitely one of the ones that helped the bridge between old battle rap and new battle rap. You know, it's like, uh, because he was, he, he, he had both. He had these pre-writtens that he could say about anybody, but also he was really good at looking at you and figuring out something to say right now on the spot that was going to be impressive, but he was also good at continuing the rhyme so he could do this, but also have a lot of other things to rhyme with that punchline and that joke. And he was good at thinking of stuff on the spot and, and he was he and he did it all over drums. 
And so I do still look at him like, you know, even though what he did in the late 90s and early 2000s is now primitive compared to what they're doing today, I still look at what he did and go, hey, I still see remnants of what idea was doing in, in, in what's happening. And that, and that makes me really proud because to know somebody who had that big of an impact, whether it's spoken or whether people give him his flowers, I know I was there, you know what I mean? And so it's like to see, to have somebody that I know make that much of an impact on, on such a amazing culture, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud to have known him and I'm proud of him. Absolutely. A, a legend, a total legend. And you've collaborated with, with so many acts over the years, man. Um, is there what one stand out for you that you, were you you were just happy to, you know, be on a track with them? Oh man, dude. Yeah, there's uh I mean, anytime that I get to make music with Cool Keith, that is always one of my favorites because he's he's one of my heroes. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, um, and, and it's always weird calling somebody one of your heroes because you don't want, you know, you you don't want to accidentally sideways compliment somebody you know what i'm saying so I, i'm not trying to say that oh he was a hero a legend because he's still a hero and a legend um all of the things that he did uh for the creative side of this culture all of the different doors that he knocked down uh, also mf doom another artist that i got to make a handful of songs with that um also knocked down a lot of creative doors in in, in this culture you know and when i say creative doors what I mean is like they risked and tried things for the sake of it, for the fun of it and to communicate. And when you can do that and then watch other people start to come through that door after you, that's important. And that's also in reference to what I was saying about idea, where it's like when you can when you can watch somebody in real time, try something and, and risk, risk it and try it and accomplish it and then see other people start to follow through that. that it's almost like water, right? So when water will figure out how to go wherever it wants to go. And when you see water make a new break and a new line, more water starts to follow. And then you see, you know, and it's like, and, and that's how I kind of view this, especially from like a, a top down way of explaining it, like watching these artists, I'm 50. So having been, you know, watching rap very closely since the early eighties um, and seeing the different people who really we're water in this culture. It's it's like to know that I've had the chance to work with a couple of those people is super important. Yeah, that's amazing. Doom, Idea, Cool Keith. And then there's a lot, maybe the younger people generation, they may not even be totally aware of them yet, but the people that they look up to now were definitely influenced by them. And um, there was a, a one, my, my friend Kami, Kami Hamiha, who's an excellent lyricist himself, man, he said, I'd like to know some of the background to Atmosphere's tune video for Barcade with Aesop and MF Doom. I used the beat for my track. Um, uh, he actually used the beat for a, a, a freestyle we did. And the video was cool as fuck. Whoever made that needs a shout out. The video was made by, oh man, I'm going to screw up the guy's name. He was a friend of, uh, I believe he was a friend of Aesop, but also kind of friends with, um, uh, he had worked with Aesop before and worked with somebody else at the label. And and uh, so when it was suggested, I was, you know, I was sold on it immediately. I'm pulling up the video right now so I can say his, so I can say his name correctly. Um, where, hey, stop. Where do they put the info? I suck at the internet. <laughs> I suck at the internet. All right, right there. Rob Shaw, thank you. God, man, I don't like sometimes I am kind of a burnout, so <laughs> take everything with a grain of salt. I am, I'm definitely, you know, I, I, I've, I've spent a lot of my brain cells. Um, but anyway, Rob Shaw was the guy that had the idea for the video, and uh, and then when it by the time it was brought to me, it had already been through a few filters. People had already said, Yes, this is good, yes, this is good, let's show it to the artists. And so when we seen it, it was like, well, yeah, specifically when you aren't in the position to be able to like actually film a video, um, his doom was, was no longer with us when the video was made. And, uh, and then Aesop rock lives in a whole different part of the country, you know? And so it was just kind of like, well, what can we do to create a visual for a song like this, considering that, you know, can't just go shoot a video. And so the video game concept and the, the animation of that is just amazing like 
I would watch a whole movie by that guy. Yeah. That's it would be a great drug movie. Remember drug movies? When we were kids, there were drug movies like Heavy Metal and, you know, uh, Pink Floyd, Chung Wall. Uh, well, yeah, Cheech and Chong, that's obvious, but I mean more like a movie. Oh, yeah, the, the wall the wall was it. Yeah, I mean, everybody in Scotland goes through a Pink Floyd phase where they smoke weed every day and watch the wall for 10 years. Yeah, and then and there it, was, do you, do you remember the the Church of the Sub-Genius? I don't think I've seen that now. No. Um, Wizard, Wizards was a cartoon, or uh, Forbidden Planet was another cartoon that was basically a drug movie, you know, an animated drug movie. As of late... There was a movie called Mandy that had uh, Nicolas Cage in it that I, I watched that. And I feel like, man, the guy who made that might have accidentally made the perfect drug movie for our times. I don't do drugs anymore. But, you know, when I was a kid, hallucinog- I shouldn't say kid, but when, when I was a young adult, hallucinogenics and things of that nature, you, you know, you'd put on a movie and um, and it, you might not even watch the whole thing. It's just playing in the background. It's just kind of part of the vibe of, 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 of doing mushrooms or something. Right. And so. uh but that movie Mandy might be like, if you haven't seen that, movie, I haven't seen this. Oh, bro, it's it's like, dude, it's an amazing. It's it's the best revenge movie I've seen in like forever. But it might be a great drug. We tried to make a drug movie. Um, about two years ago, uh, it was called the the day before Halloween, and it went along with a record that was called the day before Halloween, and uh, it's on YouTube. Um, you can find it. Just look up atmosphere the day before Halloween. It's like a thirty minute film of found material that goes along with an album that we call that we that we have the same name but 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 for me the the the, the inspiration behind it was like not like the, the uh like just the modern drug movie. you know what i mean like what is the what would the modern drug movie look like now so this is kind of a horror film but uh yeah 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 yeah. if, you, if you're not familiar with that, i'm going to check out i've not seen the day before halloween yet so i'm going to check that out and i'm going to check out mandy now i know that you need to go soon I think just to finish it, just since we, because sometimes we, we've had lots of uh, amazing um, rappers on from the States and always try and play them a little bit of Scottish hip hop. And Quiz Cammy did leave a question. It's over your beat, I believe, I think. Is that what he said? Knock, knock. So I'd just be interested in your reaction to this. Um, he's from the Kingdom of Fife. He's called Kami Amiha. Very dense lyricist. Um, the accent might take you by surprise at first. Um, but let's just see what you make of this. This is um, Knock Knock by Kamehameha. Namaste, addicts. It's your old dad, the King Kamehameha. Again, again. Uh, as expected, I've no run out of Aesop rock tunes to rip off yet. So, as expected, I'm back. We, we don't like it when people are unexpected, do we? You end up with shite setups and segues like this. Money fuck, man. Money fuck. Knock, knock, I'm not home. Think that you got the wrong John Doe. Back away from my cough, mucking the skull and bones atop my foxhole. Mind if I at least call her son. Don't want to get off on the wrong note. But it's gonna get off in Macaulay Culkin if you're dragging me out of my stronghold. Snow smoke, it's communication which you see came for. Let's fucking talk. You can't take it when I brush your chops and do a lovely job, but just fucking off. Don't puppy dog, so it only work. I shot your parcel, maybe do the job. Gets complicated and unresolved. I pray that I remain uninvolved. Ding dong, I am not in, unless you are one of my offspring. Direct line into my trouser pocket, cause popping in is just not a thing. On a whim, so stop and think. The urge to vomit is not promising. The pentagrams are not made for show, so stop interrupting my conjuring. And bringing inadequate offerings. I can't even admire the posturing. Sally, the limited practical use in your infinite drama and gossiping. I'm happy to chill in the gaffer recluse. Maybe go grab an appointment until then. I'm shadow boxing my conjoined twin. I hope he joins in. <laughs> okay, so that's Gammy Hammy, huh? Um, from the he said, he said he's shadow boxing his co- conjoined twin. Nice work. <laughs> um, yeah, he hit the he he he. It sounded like he was able to um kind of adapt to the style that Aesop Rocket set off on that beat, which is interesting too. Because when I first sent that beat to the two of them, I had, uh, I guess you would say, like a and and an audio expectation of what was going to come back, and uh, and and neither of them. They both stretched outside of what I was expecting. Like I, I had already had my verse and and I sent it to them and both of them wrote so intricately and so well that I it almost made me want to rewrite my verse, but I didn't. I held my ground. I stuck with it. Um and and and, and dude here, what was his name again? What it's Kamehameha. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
he was he was able to attack it similarly to how Aesop Rock attacked it, and I respect that because there's no way I would have thought of that style. Looking at that beat, I would have never thought to to do those insiders, the inside rhymes there. So good good shit. Yeah, amazing man. Well, thank you very much for checking it out. Uh, you get time for one more? Yeah, show me. One more, okay. It's just it's just because I was listening to um, your back catalog earlier on, and I thought, so what I I don't know if he's he's a fan of yours uh, work, but I'm assuming he is. And it just, it just sort of reminded me some of it. I, I've just picked a song at random, but it's always good. He's from a band called Stanley Odd. So this is Stanley Odd. Uh, so we're I from Stanley Odd from Airdrie, Scotland. And this is the pageant. Welcome to the pageant. I'm fine, thanks for asking. Leaving the ratchet, bumping Bell and Sebastian The last bastion, full body cast sat laughing Dancing with flashbacks from full metal jackets Crass fashion, crashing fags pulling a fashion Reeks at half mast, half bull, half mastiff My life motif is the sound of glass smashing Accompanied by the hashtag hazmat happens Man, I tuned out for two secs To contemplate the creases in my bruised crepes Up here we called them sannies As in sand shoes Either way they're falling apart right now as I stand the opposite of brand new Stuck on these sand dunes I'm not from the highlands But watch how my clan moves Not impressed with this I can't understand you I spend my days Trying to discover things I can't do The pageant Plankton and tragic companions A grisly procession Of phantoms advancing Abandon Hope all you transients Bang the funeral drum And if you're asking I'm dancing I'm backwards by popular demand The sun rises in the west And backtracks across the land I'm a joker hollow laughing in the half-light I'm the grey dawn Spelling the end to a dark night Starve the old father There you go That's Cecil Gray I like that It's a It's a It's a You know Karis one Who um Kind of Was doing What I always looked at Is you know And it's gonna sound cute To call it this Because he has a song Called My Philosophy But Philosophy Rap Where he would Just He would be rapping And he would have punchlines And he would look for Cool rhymes to say But there would also be these little elements of like how to live your life kind of bumper stickers. And, and this dude kind of does that. And I relate to that because that's similar to the type of shit that I, you know, and the other thing is uh, he said something. Well, let me say that. Uh, I can't remember, but he said something that I recently said in the song. And so when I just heard him say it, I was like, Oh, <laughs> he might've said it better. He might've said it better. Five years ago. I think that's, about, that's an old one. So when I was the first one that came up, but, yeah, there was. I, it was just. Um, he's, a, he's a great guy and an excellent perform, live performer. And I just thought it was something that was in your back catalogue, or I was listening to today that reminded me of maybe something he said. So maybe that's no, no. Actually, what what would the thing I said? I hasn't even been heard by anybody yet. All right, he made a rhyme out of yeah. No, he he referenced Bell and Sebastian, and I referenced <laughs> Bell and Sebastian maybe just a couple of weeks ago. So this dude beat me to it. <laughs> um, now I got to go change mine. Sweet, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not I'm sure he would be honoured. I'm sure he'd be honoured. Um, so thank you very much for your time today. Yeah, it's an absolute honour to speak to you. So many other realities exist simultaneously. Album out now, European tour in May, and uh, any, any final words? No, just, you know, brush your teeth, eat your vegetables, uh, wear a seatbelt. <laughs> okay. Amazing, mate. Thank you very much. Go and check out the album. Brilliant. Cheers, man. You call that radio? <laughs> Radio. 